And there's nothing that screws up a sound system like an opponent that just flies right through it or right around it or right over it, whatever it takes. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Devils 5, Penguins 2. It was tied entering the third period, and New Jersey scored Three minutes in, and then twice within a 20-second span at the midpoint of the period. And it was just deflation after deflation after deflation, and on so many levels, because so many of the things that you'd have wanted to see out of the home team on this night just went totally the wrong direction. What did you want to see from Tristan Jari? Well, you wanted to see the kind of goaltending that'll have you competing for first place in the Metro, not for fourth. And what you saw was fourth place, I don't know, fifth or sixth place goaltending out of New Jersey's five goals. I thought one of them was completely not his fault. I thought the other four were stoppable shots. Not that this was all his fault. He's just on the list. Offensively, Brian Rust gets everything going with a couple of goals. Penguins had a 1-0 lead and then a 2-1 lead. And there's this power play thing, monstrosity, that occurred that really just handed New Jersey, a shorthanded goal. If anything, the Devils were remiss in not having scored shorthanded on two other occasions earlier in that same power play. Penguins had no shots, three giveaways, and the Devils had all three scoring chances. Worst power play ever. Curtis Lazar makes them pay for it on a two-on-one. Awful. Just awful. But the worst thing about this loss was that, at least from my perspective, the Penguins had found themselves a formula, had even done some adjusting to their system to experience the success that they did out in California and then back here against Buffalo and then out in Columbus. It wasn't the most conservative set of X's and O's anybody's ever seen in hockey, but it did emphasize that when the opponent's coming through the neutral zone, you, the Penguins, are to make sure that you're on top of the puck, that you're fronting them, that you're facing them. And you know what? It looked really good against a lot of those teams. It even looked good against the Kings, who are a very good team. It did nothing against New Jersey. And understand that the Devils were missing Jack Hughes, Nico Heashier, and just on game day, finding out they weren't going to have Timo Meyer. Those are arguably their three best forwards. I mean, you could throw Jesper Bratt and a couple others into that same mix, but that's an awful lot of speed, skill, and smarts out of your lineup. 
and it didn't matter at all. The devil just went right through the neutral zone, right across the Penguins' blue line, often in the form of odd man breaks, but even when they weren't odd man breaks, it didn't matter. They have a ton of speed. I know this is a touchy subject for this particular fan base, but they don't have that much more speed than the Penguins do. They're faster because they're pretty much faster than everybody. But they're not that much faster. A lot of what happened in this game last night was that the Devils were just really, really good with the stick, aggressive in winning the puck, and then, pew, there they go to the other end. On Brad's goal, the one that ended up being the winner, Jake Gensel was back in the perfect formation. He was above the puck. He was standing there facing Brad, waiting for him. And Brad was like, uh, you really are just going to stand there and wait for me? <laughs> because that's not going to work. Because Jake was caught flat-footed. Brad went right around him as if he was a morning skate pylon. And then around two other guys, and then all the way around Jari to score. Really, really nice goal. Really, really poorly defended. I asked Sidney Crosby about the blue lines after the game. You were missing in the neutral zone. You have been so solid in that area. I don't know. I mean, uh, obviously they were opportunistic. They generated some good chances off of that. But, uh, you know, it's hard to say. Just fresh off the game, I think that, you know, if we create a little bit more zone time, we probably wouldn't have to worry about that as much. That's a habit of Sid's. Uh, Don't take that to mean that he either took exception to the question or uh, didn't agree with the premise or whatever. What Sid will do after a game, he has his mind made up as to what went wrong. And as you heard him say, the beginning of his response to me was, you know, it's right after the game. He hasn't had a chance to obviously study videos, you know, talk with the coaches, talk with other players or anything like that. And his immediate impression was that the Penguins didn't spend enough time sustaining an attack in the New Jersey zone. For the most part, he's right. His line did a fair amount of that over the first two periods. No other line did, not even the recently fabled third line. The Devils were just really efficient in getting out of their own zone. And of course, if you're good at that, that's going to assist your transition through the neutral zone because you're coming now with speed out of your own end. more speed you have, the more likely you will be to carry it over into the offensive zone. I know you don't care about the devils. You don't even necessarily care about all the tactics and the strategies involved and whatever else here. I'll make this really, really, really clear. All that stuff the Penguins were doing in that five-game winning streak, almost all of it went poof last night. In part because of the opponent. But the opponent is a real problem that's not going to go away. And neither is the next one because the Hurricanes play the same way with a similar roster. And they're coming up tomorrow night in Raleigh, North Carolina. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Frank, who 
befitting what really should be a, a positive feel overall to the week. Says, I, I can't believe, DK, how Chris Letang still moves like a kid. It reminds me of what I used to be able to do. I used to run 10 miles a day. Now I have a hard time cooking my own meals. Boy, it'd be nice to be young again, huh? I'll tell you what, Frank. Watching Latang this season, particularly in performing in his own end, I'm seeing a player that, honestly, I've not seen before, not with this level of consistency and, and commitment to defending first and foremost. Yes, his game has always emanated from the back, but it's often gone off the rails at times as well. And if you go back over last season, you'll see that there weren't many such episodes. There were a couple. But when you're looking at the early portion of this season so far, you know, just 15 games in, and you're seeing the energy and the emotion that he's putting forth just into penalty killing, for example, there was a sequence last night where the Devils got a power play and faceoff was won by Lars Eller back into the corner, but the Devils immediately pounced all over it. And Latang was in there and he had some help in addition to that. And all I'm thinking to myself is as the puck's in there, somehow he's going to come out of there with it and he's going to clear because that's what you've seen so far from him on the PK. He's winning the pucks. He's battling for them. Then he finds a way to navigate his way out of that trouble. And then he clears. And he clears through any means possible. He's done it backhand, forehand, slap, wrist, whatever. He he makes sure it's out of the zone. I don't know if anyone tracks penalty kill clears. I, I know that almost everything now in the game is being tracked, certainly by somebody, even if it's not publicly available. If Latang isn't number one, he's got to be top five in the league in this specific thing. Watch for it in the next game, and you'll see what I mean, especially if you're you're paying attention to it, you know, if you're focusing on it. He's been outstanding. I I almost get the sense internally, Frank, that there's there's some need to glow a little extra about Latang ever since Eric Carlson arrived because Carlson is going to get his points. He's also going to get some of Latang's points, if that makes sense. Latang not being out there with the first power play unit, that's going to knock his point total down what 15 20 from the usual whatever 70 75 that he puts up there's no way it won't but rather than pouting about it Latang, as he's told me and he's spoken this in some pretty strong terms his objective is the same as sid's and gino's and of course carlson's carlson's never won a cup the three core guys They've won three of them. They want another one. They feel like they could do something that nobody's ever done. 
by putting together another one, by doing it at their age, by doing it all with the same team and everything else would just add to that legacy of which all three of them are justifiably very proud. It's It's been an interesting, if somewhat understated chapter to this season so far, and I'm glad to hear you and others acknowledge it, Frank. Uh, that tells me that you're paying attention to the games more than just, you know, the goals and the saves. I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody who listens to Daily Shot of Penguins. And we're going to do another one of these on Monday. 